0: morning corn growers. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Independent, Whiffles Wiffles agronomy podcast. I'm joined today by the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Brent Tharp. Uh, my name is Ryan Gentle. I'm the agronomy manager uh, here for Illinois. And today we're going to talk a little bit about evaluating hybrids. We're starting to get to that time where we're going to start seeing some plots coming out. And uh, and we might talk a little bit of just what we're seeing for uh, harvest timing and maybe some of the early yields and uh, moistures uh, we've been uh, seeing coming out of the field here last week. So, good morning, Mr. Tharp. How are you today? Doing well, Ryan.
1: As we sit here, it is raining in Geneseo, Illinois, a rare occurrence this year, but probably a little too late for the crops, but maybe we'll keep down the uh, field fires. Locally, the combines, I mean, they're they're going to start rolling. I think you have more activity down in your part of the world what, what are you hearing for yields initial yields here
0: i uh, had a few ultra early guys take advantage of some uh, drying incentives down springfield uh, jacksonville down in that area they started a little bit after uh farm progress show and uh combined some last week sounds like uh, a lot of 220s uh 230s uh Several of those fields would probably been in the 240s, 250s last year. I'm hearing a lot of 10, 15% off, uh, maybe where I was last year. Moistures seem to be 26 to 30, 32, somewhere in that uh, neighborhood. Uh, Been hearing a lot uh, from guys that probably need to get ready, uh, get out, uh, sample some ears because the corn appears to be a little drier. Uh, when you actually do the moisture sample than maybe what it looks like from the 60 mile an hour scout job from the road. Um, we didn't have a lot of disease here late, so in a lot of fields, if the the health was good, it's it's kind of holding on some green, um, maybe being a little deceptive on uh, how far along the, that corn uh, is as far as black layer and moisture.
1: I would second that. In my travels last week, uh, I got over into Northern Illinois, southern Wisconsin, traveled over into northern uh, Iowa, and definitely the crop is going to be ready uh, sooner than normal, I guess. So maybe it's stating the obvious to those guys, but they definitely need to be getting getting ready to go harvest because it's going to be here uh, before we know it. In fact, probably should be starting here anytime in some of those fields. Uh, as I traveled west, you know, that crop in that northeast Iowa, north central Iowa is uh, pretty brown uh they did not catch any of the august rains to speak of and and the crop you know it took its toll along those lines i would say the way this crop finished whenever a crop finishes that fast you know it cannibalized itself to finish so we actually have kernel counts in most of the areas i've been in the kernel counts are pretty strong or normal or maybe even better than normal but it's just the grain fill period we we just shut it off. And so it had, that's where we're going to get our yield loss from is just, uh, you know, less kernel size. I
0: would, uh, second that I've been on a couple different, uh, service calls where we've had a little fusarium crown rot, um, uh, set in some premature death, uh, seeing a little, little bit of top die back in some fields as well. So important to get out and do some push tests. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm too big a boy anymore to bend over and pinch, but uh, I do like the push test. It uh, can give you a good idea of some stock quality and maybe some uh, harvest priorities.
1: I guess one other thing with, with the droughty conditions that we really need to be thinking about is, is how do we interpret results and yield results because it's going to be all over the board. As variable as the rains were uh, this year, even within a township. You know yields are going to be that variable. So if you have a test plot, you know you're gonna you're gonna get a view of what those hybrids did in those specific conditions. But uh, the best way that we need to kind of overcome that variability is is just numbers. So you we just look at uh, yield results from over a wide geography. You know that's going to be a better better indicator of
0: performance going forward versus you know the plot in your backyard. I know you. Uh love surprises, so I'll give you a surprise quiz question here. I think you made the slide and pulled the chart, so I'm sure you'll remember from a year or two ago. But we uh, post-harvest meetings, we've shown uh, quite a bit on statistics and this exact topic of uh, you know how many locations you need to get a pretty accurate uh, read on a hybrid. And if you just look at one location, uh, how likely are you to be right with one location and one spot? <laughs>
1: if you have that number in front of you, Ryan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> half, about half the time, you it's okay. a 50-50 right. chance. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and if you you jump up to 10 locations, you increase that to 75%, 30 locations, 90. So, you need to see yeah. you've got to look at multiple locations to to get your, you know, get your average up to to be right um, when you're looking at a hybrid and the yield results. And I would I would definitely echo what you said about rain was so spotty this year you know a mile down the road might have caught a half inch in late june that another farm didn't and uh when when you're going to compare yield data this fall you really need to look at the weather um and look at that rainfall map because i can just see some huge swings in yield uh, you don't want to blame a hybrid when it's when it's really the weather
1: not to get into a big statistical discussion but even those statistics that you brought up, those are, are in more normal conditions. So as you add variability, those probabilities even get worse. So,
0: When I started to evaluate plots, been doing a lot of plot and customer field days here in the last couple of weeks, but uh, really seen some differences, I think, in uh, how hybrids are, uh, how early they flowered or maybe how late they flower um, and comparing that with uh, the weather and you know the timing of stress what have you what have you seen in that realm in my opinion
1: it's going to be different in different areas depending on when the field was planted you know emergence emergence uniformity across the the plot or the field and then when they caught that rainfall in relation to flowering and early grain fill so you know it's not a one size fits all you can you can play both sides of that to your advantage or disadvantage depending on a lot of conditions. So again, it goes back to, uh, we got to look at multiple locations. Uh, the other thing that's gonna affect us this year in general, I would say, I would say the late grain fill period. That's what got affected the most. It's that grain fill and kernel depth. And it's almost, it's more of the late grain fill. So we have kernel numbers there, but uh, we're losing a lot in that dent to, to black layer. Uh, we, we lost and we pushed that crop through that phase really fast. So I think we're going to see differences, you know, in hybrids maybe that have a lot of kernels versus those hybrids that have fewer kernels, but they have to get to their yield by kernel size. They're probably going to be affected more uh, by this late later drought uh, versus hybrids. They get to yield by, by kernel number.
0: Definitely been seeing that, you know, That's been a topic I've talked about at several uh, plot days and customer nights here last week. And we'll be again this week is there's a lot that happens with that corn plant in that R5 to R6 stage. Um, You know, at beginning dent, we still have 50 percent of the yield that can be added to that uh, to that kernel in in that plant. So, you know, just a matter of two, three weeks there uh, as we move through that growth stage, there could be a lot happen if we we get under stress and heat and, and moisture stress, and we've had that in a in a lot of our areas. Um, a lot of the ears I've been breaking open, we have good kernel count, 16s, 18s, 20s, around pretty good length. But uh, you know, some of those I, I'm not seeing the the depth I would like to see in some of those kernels. So that might be where we're seeing the 10 to 15 percent reduction here on some of the early corn that's been harvested.
1: So one other topic we always talk about, and one way to get over you know the variability that we're going to be seeing in these yield results and, and hybrid differences is we need to plan a package and it just it backs that up, you know, because planning a package diversifies uh, the genetics and diversifies how hybrids will respond to different environments. So again, we just go back to that and it just reaffirms that message that, uh, we always talk about. So when you're putting together next year's order, uh, be sure to diversify and plant, uh, three or four hybrids or
0: more. Yep. I would agree. You know, not, not just, uh, maturity, uh, variation, but you want to kind of look at, uh, the hybrid characteristics and see when, when some of those hybrids, uh, make their yield, you know, you don't want to pick all ones that uh, you know rely on kernel depth, as we talked earlier. You want some that uh, rely on just kernel number as well to help diversify your package.
1: Yep, and you can look in our product guide and we do kind of uh, put in our yield component information in, in the product guide there, so give a look at that. Well, one last thing, Ryan, uh, maybe a little bit of a fun topic. I think the USDA is gonna come out with a report here pretty soon, right? Yep. I think their last estimate for a national yield was like 175, and last year it seemed like we ended up around 173. So, what is going to be your guess?
0: Do we need to do a disclaimer first? We or? probably should read one, but I just don't have one yep, in front of me. Is, <laughs> this is my opinion, but uh, I could be wrong. I could be right. <laughs> Driving around, there's there's pockets that are are good in Illinois. There's pockets that aren't very good. Um, I think we need to remember back to June, the way some of that corn looked, especially on the hillsides, lighter ground, you know, it was beyond moisture stress. It was about ready to die. This corn's been through a lot. Some of it got frosted. Some of it, you know, like I said, driest June ever. Got a derecho, laid a lot of it completely flat. It's Some of it's goosenecked. You know, that that took some energy to grow back up and uh, new brace roots and stuff. We had rootless corn. Now I can go on and on and on and on <laughs> everything that this crap just give me a number, Ryan. I'm um, stalling. I'm stalling. Give me a number. I don't know. 173 last year. I don't think we've got the crop we had last year. I'm going to say 170. Dang it! You took mine. I'll do 171. So I I don't know. We'll see. That's always a a fun number to kind of uh, toss around, but. I I do want to remind everybody, um, as things are going to get fired up here real quick, to uh, be careful out there. Uh, Check your fire extinguishers. As Brent said, you know, we're not getting a drop of rain here uh, in in central Illinois and south. Uh, It's been uh, three weeks since we've had any rain, so there's going to be some dry fields out there. Be careful where you park uh, your pickups or uh, your green carts. Uh, Stocks are going to be dry. And just be careful. Remember, it's hard to see uh, around in those combines and those grain carts sometimes, and you don't want your pickup backed over. Absolutely. Well, I think that wraps up another uh, episode here of keeping it independent. Um, as always, you can submit your questions to agronomy at wiffles.com. Everybody have a happy harvest out there, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.